kind of a similar idea of elders. We have deacons too that are in the Lord's church. And people have, I've noticed at times, they have a couple of elders and they have at least one or two deacons. You know, uh, and so there's obviously a benefit to having them. But what if someone asks you, why do we even need deacons? What would you do? What would you say? Well, there's definitely works within the congregation that, that pose the necessity for deacons. And uh, biblically, when we look at Acts chapter 6, we found a situation where early in the church, the church is multiplying. The number of disciples were, was multiplied, it says, verse 1. And then there arose this issue. And the Grecian uh, widows were being neglected in the daily service. In other words, the daily feeding and, and care of uh, those widows. And so the twelve, in other words, the apostles called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said it's not reason. In other words, it's not logical that we would leave the word of God and serve tables. And so look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom that we may appoint over this business. And so there was a certain work that needed to be done. There was a need. There was a neglect that was taking place. So that was the pressing need, obviously. And it says, And we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. In other words, in, in teaching of the Word. This is what we need to do. We don't have time to stop and, and do this particular work. And so the church was growing, was exploding, really, mm -hmm. especially at that point in time. And so with this issue arising, we see that need pop up initially almost right off the bat in the church. And so this is how it was to be handled. And I believe we see, and some will debate back and forth whether or not these are to be called deacons as in an office, but regardless, these were special servants seven special servants chosen for this specific work. And so that's, that's important and noteworthy because when we say, why do we need deacons? Well, because the preacher has a work, and we've talked about it in another episode. The elders have a work and responsibility, right. and we talked about that in another episode. And so their particular works keep them busy, and if they have to stop the work that they've been appointed over, to go do these other specific works that obviously have a need, that, that, that there's a need pressing as well, then that slows the work. And so we want the work, I think the Lord wants the work to be efficient, to, to work as streamlined as possible, and, to, and for people to know that there's specific, specific roles and offices where these appointed individuals are going to have works that they're going to be involved in. Now that's not every member, but every member certainly can serve and work. Right. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, uh, in, maybe in the same conversation. But I think the important thing is to set, okay, here was a biblical precedent that was set. Here's a neglect that was taking place, a special need. And so there were special servants that were appointed to get this work done. Yeah, and you, you think about the idea of there's a plurality of elders. Mm -hmm. But most congregations that have elders have a large amount of members, large enough that if even if the elders said, hey, let's divide this up amongst the two or three of us or however many they have, they couldn't cover all the members. Right. And like you said, in Acts chapter 6, that problem resulted in people being neglected. Right. Not on purpose, but because it was, you know, these people were being neglected, and mm -hmm. so, okay, how can we correct that? Oh, here's an easy way to do that. Mm -hmm. Let's have special servants who do special things. And so, 
some of the things that happen is deacons are, are assigned special works. You know, right. we want you to be a deacon of benevolence. We want you to be a deacon over, you know, taking care of matters around the baptistry and the Lord's Supper, making sure we've always got those things ready and the baptistry is cleaned. And we want you to be prepared and make sure the garments are washed and mm -hmm. the towels are ready. And, you know, if, if we're going to be here on a Sunday morning, turn the baptistry on in the winter so it's warm and it's able mm -hmm. to be, you know, utilized. And we want you to be a deacon over the youth and we want you to help us make sure our youth are being well caught up and then the purpose of that is then for those elders and deacons to meet together mm -hmm. and be able to be told by the deacons here's some things you need to know yeah. here's some things we're seeing here's some things that will help you because there's only a few elders in the sense of the ability to, to in many congregations there's not like 10 or 12 elders at every church right. you know where I serve we have two and we have over 140 members yeah. and so you know that that's a tough ask to say, hey, you take 70 and I'll take 70, right. and we'll keep up with everybody in the church. So we have nine deacons, and that helps tremendously to be able to split it up easier and to let the elders handle the really serious, important matters, mm -hmm. and to have trusted servants that can help in these dedicated areas. Why do we even need deacons? Because we'd be stretching our elders then for one of the reasons, but kind of like we said about the elders is, God evidently saw it fit to have deacons yeah. in the Lord's church and to have people who could serve in that capacity. And I guess a side note that I didn't really think about until just a few moments ago is don't most congregations treat their deacons as an elder and training type program for those that would be qualified? Uh, I think they probably do. I don't know if that's the... if that's biblically designed that right. way or if that's just a precedent that we've kind of set. Um, and certainly, um, uh, they're not elders in, in training. Right. That's that's what we need to remember. That's not a, anything that we really read about. Should these men be trained? All men should be trained, you know, to, to work in that capacity, to, to, to desire that, to want that, as as well as to be those kind of men that, that the they have these type of characteristics that we read about in First Timothy three, uh, verses one through seven, and and I think that what's important to remember when we talk about deacons is that these they're associated with a specific work. They're not just sitting in an office. They're they're not just appointed um, in name and in title. Right. They're appointed over a work. Right. And so if there's not a work, then you don't need a deacon. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, but if there is a work, then you have a need, right. you know, for, for, those, for those deacons. And so, um, and, and these are sometimes unsung heroes, so to speak, because they get works done and they get people involved in those works, you know. Uh, I was thinking you mentioned a moment ago, you know, the, making sure the baptistry was ready and uh, the linens and things like that, you know, that's very often where they can get other people involved with them to mm -hmm. to handle and take care of it. Now, they're still going to oversee it. They're going to make sure that it's getting done and that somebody's getting it done and, and those kind of things. But that's where they can get people engaged in the work in areas where we might not see it. Right. And then they, again, come back and report, you know, uh, here's what's going on in my area of work right. and, and this is a need that I have. Um, can you guys address that and give us some direction? Once the elders have done that, then they have the authority to go and continue that work, you know, do that work as, as they've been authorized to do. Um, you know, with the el elders' oversight, you know, obviously. But the, that gives the elders a way that they can do their work. Right. Overseeing and shepherding and feeding the flock. And it gives a way that the preacher is not 
having to do all of those special works as well, he can do his work. Right. And, and I think that's important. And, and that's the wisdom of God seen in the, very, in the church. Well, it's like the story I'm sure you heard Brother Moser tell when we were in school of a congregation he went to and he met one of the men and he says, you know, what, you know hi, I'm, I'm one of the deacons here. Oh, what do you do? Well, I'm a deacon here. Mm, but what yeah. do you do? <laughs> I'm a deacon. And, you know, I'm sure Brother Moser was probably accurate when he said that he said this. He might have also just said it to us being funny, but he basically said that he looked at him and said, well, do you deke? What, <laughs> what is it that you do? Right. And it's like you said, if there's not a work, it's not just a, it's not this, you know, preeminent title that we give right. to people to make them feel special about themselves. This is a, like you said, an unsung hero of the congregation. The people that you walk in one morning and the, the building is painted white and you come in later that evening and it's painted blue and you think, well, what, how did that happen? Well, the deacons took care of that while you guys were gone for the afternoon, and, and that, that's what <laughs> happened. Yeah. And they got it done, and you don't even know it. That's and right. if you don't ask about it, you'll never know it. Right. And so that kind of brings me to another question, though, of people that will say, well, then if deacons are servants and Christians are servants, what's really the difference between deacons and just a servant in the Lord's church? What would you do if someone asked you that? Well, I would, I would say that there's, there's definitely an, an office, if you will. We have qualifications of those type of men. Again, 1 Timothy 3, this time 8 and following. Uh, likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of faith with a pure conscience. Let them first be tested and proved, in other words. Let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. And, and so... But we read in Philippians 1 where Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus, their servants, they were also preachers, but they're referred to there as servants to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with bishops and deacons. Um, and so all the saints that are in Christ Jesus at Philippi, but specified too with bishops and deacons. And so there is a role, there is a, a, a titled role, but everywhere we see that, it's connected to a specific work. And, and I think that's important. It's, it's not, yeah, that, I heard, I remember Brother Moser talking about that very story, you know, uh, you know, well, what do you do? Well, I'm a deacon. Uh, okay. <laughs> What's your area of work is right. what he was trying to get at. You know, what work have you been appointed over? Was it, you know, was it missions? Was it um, building and grounds? Was it, you know, uh, whatever, the youth? education what, what what's your area you know was it the tech you know that's that's the thing you know those, those type of things um, we need men to to do and I, and I would I would separate this obviously when we're talking about a, a specific position and and given authority to, to do that work those men may not always be deacons that are given a certain authority to do a work the elders may appoint a man to go do a work but he's not necessarily qualified to be a deacon. Right. Well, he would be a servant. Right. He'd just be a, considered a servant in the church. And we're all considered servants right. in the church in that way. But concerning elders and deacons, there's certain qualifications that are given. And there's an obvious uh, office, if you will, that is there. But in both of those, we need to be reminded that they're still servants. Right. And, and I think that's important. But there is a distinction uh, in an office that's there. Well, that's that's really what you said is what, what's the difference? Well, the difference is that God gave a distinction yeah. that these men would meet these qualifications. Right. 
And what that tells me is there is a difference in the in title, first of all, sure, but there's a difference in the fact that they're going to do certain aspects of the work of the church that regular members wouldn't be doing. And they're going to be helping in areas that, you know, the average member wouldn't be able to help. And a lot of times the deacons are, are the ones that handle the treasury and they're the ones that handle the more intricate matters of the budget with the elders and things of that nature. And you know, you you want trustworthy people, first of all, to do that. People you can depend on. I don't mean that you can't trust an average member, but you want people you can depend upon. Right. And deacons, is like we mentioned already in this situation, they're the, I don't want to say cream of the crop because that kind of cheapens the rest of the church, but they are those unsung heroes, yeah. the people who sit there and say, I'll do it. Yeah. And some of the best deacons in the Lord's church are those who sit there and say, I can, I can do that too. Yeah, yeah, give me that one, give me that one, give me that right. one. And they take on as many works as they can seemingly take on, and you sit there and go, are you going to make it? Right. And they, they get it done. And, and sometimes they're the most busiest. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not all right. They're the busiest yeah. in the congregation. They, they have the most things going on with their family right. and, and you know, they're young you know, career professionals maybe and they're, so they're young in their career, they've got a young family and they're, they're all over the place and yet they're, they're, they're those who will get the work done because they have a mind to serve and a right. mind to work and, and so and I think that's what when you know search out seven men among you you know who are honest and full of good report and they've they've been tested and 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 so these are spiritual men essentially in, in Acts six, and and so there was a there was a certain caliber of of men to serve in this way. Now we may have very good men who can serve in, in there again in other ways mm -hmm. who may not fit the description of a deacon, but he could be given a task to do. And, and there again, I think that's where you would see the difference, just simply in the distinction that God gives concerning the office. Well, and that's just it. I, I know some churches have various ways that they seek out men to be eligible to be put up for the office of deacon. Yeah. Um, are there any guidelines that, that the congregation where you, you are at kind of follow, and when you're looking for that, do, they, do the elders handle that? Do you look for that, or do you all work together? How does that kind of work? Well, we've actually kind of been in conversation about that, and of course, I'm fairly new there, so I'm still right. um, learning. You know, some of the the members, you know, a little bit trying to get close to as many certainly as as we can over this past year. I, I think it's ultimately, especially there, at least it seems to fall into the realm of the elders. You know, they look and say, we've got a specific job, a work that needs to be done. Look out, let's find some men or a man that can do it. And that's that's kind of the direction that they seem to go, at least in the conversations that we've had so far. Um, I, I, I've given, you know, I've, I've talked with them and we've talked about uh, some of the men in the congregation who, who might could possibly serve in that way. And I think it's a wonderful thing. When you, when you look out, it gives you an opportunity to see who's in the congregation, to see the men, the kind of men that you have in the congregation, and to see who actually qualifies uh, in that way. And there again, if there's not a specific work, then we don't necessarily need a deacon. And so it, it's not always, let's appoint every man that, that qualifies. Right. And then they're just going to be sitting there with nothing to do. Right. And so we need to think about it from a work standpoint. And I think that's the way that our elders seem to be approaching it. And, um, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that they lead in that. Now, right. And they may then uh, dis discuss some of that with the congregation, but it seems that they're 
you know, leading the charge and appointing these men. Right. So. Well, that's, that's something else that's interesting <coughs> about it is deacons serve in a, in a vast variety of ways. And there's a lot of different things that they do and a lot of different things that they're going to do. Um, but a lot of things I don't see in the church as much that I think would be beneficial is Deaker, deaker, deacon training classes. Right, yeah. You know, training our young men to be, you know, of the mindset that, hey, we're going to need deacons and also mm -hmm. elders, of course. We didn't mention right. this in the elders episode, but, you know, how can we do that by training our, I mean, is it, is it all service projects or is there is there Bible that needs to be kind of drilled into their heads as well? What, what can you offer well, for that? I think these these men, according to 1 Timothy 3.8, they hold the mystery of faith, of the faith, with a pure conscience. So they need to understand what the faith is. So they need training in that area. And they get that in their education, uh, in, their, in their Bible classes, hopefully the training that they get at home. But certainly there could be a separate class for that. A uh, Timothy-type class right. is helpful in that, you know. Uh, but also, I would say, um, both concerning elders and deacons, you know, when we're thinking about training men, uh, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be a good thing to... Service project's a good idea. Wouldn't it be a good idea, though, for one of our deacons to, to grab a couple of our young men and say, hey, I want you guys to shadow me this month. Mm -hmm. I want you to work with me. You know, I'm not all that busy. I don't have a whole lot of things. Uh, you may, maybe it's the, the building and grounds. And, but anything that comes up, you know, he gets in touch with those, those young men and uh, those teenage boys and say, hey, you know, come with me. We're going to run up to the building. There's an issue with the baptistry. Okay, well, you know, let's, let's just see what goes on, you know, and, and let's, let's get this particular work done. You know, we have uh, one of our deacons is over, you know, spiritual advancement of the congregation. It's, it's not all about the physical plant and doing those things. I mean, we have, we have a deacon who's actually, we have two deacons over different parts of the education, you know, different age ranges that are given. So we have two uh, that, that cover that and then one over, uh, the youth in general, and then another that's over missions. Um, and so the, when you start thinking about all those, those are spiritual things that, that have to be done, but um, they're given guidelines and they go and they do those specific works. But if they grab one of those young boys, you know, and said, hey, you know, come, come shadow me for the month and see, see what all I do, you know, and uh, he gets in a request for a mission trip, shares that with the young man, you know, so this is what I usually get, you know, I'll get you know, questions or requests, to, you know, somebody's going on a mission trip or from a missionary that's over in wherever they're at, and, and so they, they get a, a letter in and he, he lets the young man read, you know, what do you think about that, you know, just, yeah. just letting him have a, have a little part in that. There again, it, it's, you know, I think sometimes we've, in the church, we've done a good job of training young preachers or trying to get you know, recruit young preachers, but they need to see that there's a lot of works that go on in the church, you know, and they may not all be preachers. I was just uh, they can be that. elders and deacons. Yeah. I was just thinking that myself, that so many people say, well, you grow up and be a preacher now yeah. to, to our young men, and, and that's, that's not a bad thing, and we need that, but we need more elders. We yeah. need more deacons, yeah. and, you know, I, I know some people who they don't want to be a preacher because they don't want to talk in front of people and they don't want to be up and necessarily in front of people as much. But right. you can be a servant, you can be a deacon and, and teach a teenage class that you'd be a lot more comfortable doing than having to stand before the whole congregation <laughs> and, and preach right. a sermon. And so you've got that opportunity there that, you know, we need more people to do that. And we need to do whatever we can to be training our young people to do that. Yeah. Now, 
there's some people that may say along the lines of, well, there's servant uh, and there's deacon in the Lord's church as far as servant mm -hmm. the Lord's church and deacon. Okay, they're not really different. Well, we know the elders are the head, earthly head, on, uh, you know, as far as mm -hmm. they're the overseers yeah. from the of physical the local, body of the local church. Who comes next? Because we have <laughs> preachers and we have deacons. And so the question is, like you mentioned a moment ago, if we have a deacon who has been set out to you know, hire a minister, as far as it's his job to bring the candidates before the elders, and then he's the one that you know, sets up the tryouts, and the elders then say, that's the one we want. We want you to take him to lunch. We want you to hire him mm -hmm. for us. Who, who, you know, what, what comes next after the elders? <laughs> you know, what would you do if someone asked you what, how that worked? Yeah, well, and we have to remember Christ is the head. Right. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, Colossians 1, 18. That, that goes without saying. But at the same time, you know, we see the, the elders and their role in overseeing the, the, the local body of believers. And so that's, that's important. So if they appoint uh, a certain man over a task... Um, that obviously they're over that man. They've appointed that man to do that particular task. He's over that task. Right. He would be over, you know, essentially anybody on his team that he might bring in. We, we sometimes use the word committee, but um, it might just be his team, you know, right. a, a spiritual team, spiritual advancement team, you know, for our particular deacon, you know, and, and they, they would say, you know, I heard a preacher the other day, you know, have you ever had a chance to hear him? He might be a good one to have come in for a gospel meeting. And, right. and so they, they get to, to do those things, you know. And, and like the, the example that you've given, you know, where the elders have, have said, you know, to uh, one of the deacons, we want you to go out and, and search out, you know, a couple of men, you know, bring us their, their resumes, you know, tell us what you think and, and, and bring them in for the tryouts and, and all of those things. Um, probably not necessarily the way that I would set it up or want, right. want it to be done, even if I was the one right. coming to look at it in that way, I, I would be a little shocked by that, I guess, in, in a sense. Right. Um, but if that's the, the way the elders decide they're, they're going to do it, that's that's fine. They certainly have the right to do that. Um, I, I would question a little bit, you know, are y'all, how active are y'all in right. this particular right. work, you know, right. um, because they are overseeing the whole flock and overseeing ultimately, you know, even my work uh, that I'm going to be doing as, as a minister if I'm the one hired there. Um, you know, beyond the beyond the hierarchy of Christ being the head of the church and the elders overseeing uh, those areas in the church and the appointed deacons over their areas of work, what we have to remember is these are areas of work. The preacher's not over. I know that some have taught that in the past. Preachers are being over the, the eldership. Right. Uh, no, they're they they're involved. They have a specific role, and that's to teach their their area of doctrine, and uh, and that that's what they're they're going to do is they're involved in the teaching and the doctrine of of the congregation, and um, and you might say the education in in that way. Um, if there's an education deacon, then he would be a, so he would be working together with that education deacon uh, as well. Uh, they are given their specific works, and they're over those works. The eldership still overseeing the congregation and ultimately responsible for those works right. as well because they've appointed men over them. Right. So I, I would answer it in that, in that sense. Um, starting to try to pinpoint a hierarchy. Um, you know, we say, okay, well, if the deacon was asked to go and hire the preacher, is he over the elders? He, right. No, but they've they've suggested, you know, they, they obviously trust, you know, 
this particular man, right. you know, who obviously has some connection, maybe through the brotherhood, to get the the need out there that they're looking for a preacher, and so they they've asked him to kind of head up all of those things and, and ultimately bring them back right. to that eldership. When you think about it, from what I can understand and what I can see, is you have Christ as far as the head of the church, you have the elders, and then you have the members. Yeah, preachers a member, right. deacons are members. Right. And you know, none of us elders individually right, would be right. members as and well. And <laughs> none of us overthrow the other. Right. And the only reason the elders have any type of power is because it's been God given. Right. And that's within the confines of the Bible. Right. You know, they're not allowed to stand up one day and say, Well, we've decided to do this. Deacons don't have that type of decision making talked about mm -hmm. toward them. Right. You know, we don't find in the scriptures that it says and if the elders are being slow in a decision, the deacons step up and do it for them. Yeah. Um, and so what it seems to me is deacons and preachers, their titles are just different. Yeah. You know, the, the deacons are going to serve in their specific area and the preacher's going to do his specific thing. Right. And that's really the only difference that there is. And like you said, tracing it to a hierarchy, one of the reasons we have the issue of the Pope yeah. is all these people were getting together and the elders, you know, they were trying to figure out how we can do this you know, more correctly. And so they said, well, let's make a head elder. And so each congregation yeah. has this head elder and they said, well, we'll send the head elders to the meeting and they'll talk about it. Well, everybody was used to being the head elder. And so the head elders were not getting along very well. And so they decided to make the Papa, which mm -hmm. we now know as the Pope. Right. And that's how the Pope even got started. Yeah. And so we've got that issue of if we're not careful, we'll do that in a different situation with our deacons and with our preacher right. by saying, well, who, who's next? And that's why when I've talked about it, I usually vary. If I say elders, deacons, and preachers, I might next say elders, preachers, and deacons. But the elders always come first because as far as we have in the organization of the right. church, they're the only ones that have an absolute system of power yeah. within the Bible. Right. Deacons are servants, preachers are teachers, and they're servants in that regard. And so that's what we have to understand. Now, here's something that I think we've got just a few minutes to talk about. Suppose a deacon is no longer fit for service. We talked about this with the elders. Yeah. Is it the same approach we take with the elders as far as we go after them in the sense of Matthew 18? Or how, how would we do that? What would you do if someone asked about that? Yeah, I, I think that if they can be qualified to become deacons, then they can be disqualified right. as well. The implication is, is still there. You know, they all of a sudden maybe they they are given to wine. They, you know, and, and there is a problem that is there. Or maybe they, they've become greedy for money. Maybe they're... Um, family situation because both of those we have listed the qualifications for their wives as well in verses first Timothy three verse eleven and following. So that that can also become a problem. So uh, the wife and, and disqualify a man from serving in, in right. those capacities as well. And that's something we really hadn't hit on. Right. But that could be a problem. And, um, and, and so we're we're saying just so I make sure that everybody can understand yeah. it and what I understand it too is the wife is eligible to disqualify her husband from being a deacon yes. by her actions. Yeah. And I, like you said, I don't think we hit on that enough. No, and, and I think that also would apply certainly to the elders as well. Right. So I, I think that once we understand that and, and understand that this is an office and there are qualifications for those, those offices, then there can be disqualifications if the, obviously then they don't meet. And so you want to handle that in a way that is right and doesn't hurt. You're not there to hurt you know, feelings and, and, and make things more difficult and you certainly don't want to cause splits, but for the purity of the church and in this situation with the deacons, you would want your elders leading 
that particular issue. Right. Same as with any other um, uh, disfellowship or you know withdrawal fellowship type of situation or discipline in the church. Well, it's, it's, it's such a blessing to have deacons, elders, and preachers all work in harmony. Oh, and for thing. those that don't have that, we need to pray hard that they can get that again. Amen. For sure. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know, I know eternal life He gives. I know the I know that my Redeemer lives.